Welcome to Our Missouri, a podcast about the people, places, culture, and history of the 114 counties and independent city of St. Louis that comprise the great state of Missouri. Each episode focuses on a topic related to the state, ranging from publications about Missouri's history to current projects undertaken by organizations to preserve and promote local institutions. The Our Missouri podcast is recorded at the Center for Missouri Studies in Columbia and is generously provided to you by the State Historical Society of Missouri. And now, here's your host, Sean Rost. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whatever hour you're tuning in to listen to the Our Missouri podcast. My name is Sean Rost, and we guys who explore the memories, moments, and misfortunes from our Missouri. 2023 marks the 80th anniversary of the creation of George Washington Carver National Monument, named for the famous educator and scientist who spent the early years of his life in southwest Missouri. To tell us about the life of George Washington Carver, as well as the origins and activities of George Washington Carver National Monument, our guest is Curtis Gregory, who serves as a National Park Service park ranger at George Washington Carver National Monument. Welcome to our Missouri, Curtis. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for having the park um, on, your, on your podcast. We're excited about this. Excellent. Well, to begin with, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and how you got in, in this point in your career of being involved with Carver National Monument. Okay, well, I've been with the National Park Service for probably, I think, over, I guess, over 20 years now. And uh, I was at various other, a few other parks. And I've been at George Washington Carver for probably the last, I guess, 17 years or so. Um, and it's a wonderful park. I didn't actually want to come to Missouri, but I always wanted to work in a park that um, talks about and features Black history. So it's a joy for me to work here. And what do you do on a day-to-day basis? What are your main responsibilities? Okay, well, I work, I'm a, I'm a park ranger, um, work in visitor services. Um, we do, I work in the visitor center. Um, we do, I do tours and do, um, a lot of school groups, um, and also research requests and also take care of the parks museum collections as well and curation. Let's dive in a little bit into, into George Washington Carver. Sure. You know, who was Carver and, and what are his connections to the state of Missouri? Well, you know, that's an excellent question because, you know, at our, at our, Park in our visitor center, that's one of the first questions that we'll get from visitors. Why is this park in Missouri? A lot of our visitors, um, they know of George Washington Carver being in the South. Uh, and of course, he was at Tuskegee Institute, now university for almost 47 years. But most visitors, they're not aware that he's a Missourian, that he was born in Missouri at the site where I work at is where, where Carver was born and spent about the first 12 years of his life on the property where the park is currently at. Um, it was originally owned by Moses and Susan Carver. Moses and Susan Carver were a white couple who came here from Illinois in about the about 1835 or so. And they were, you know, kind of homesteaders, farmers. And in 1855, they purchased one enslaved girl by the name of Mary. And um, she became George's mom. And so that's our connection. And that's how Carver became a Missouri in some way. Now, in thinking about that history, certainly, uh, how long had Carver, did the Carvers, or I guess George himself, live in Missouri before moving on to other places such as Alabama? So, you know, um, so of course he was born here and he, we think he, you know, we're not really sure of his birth date. He wasn't sure. We think it's closer to about 1860, 1864. So that is when he was born here. 
And he stayed here for approximately 12 years, about the first 12 years of his life. He, uh, his mother, shortly after he was born, he and his mother were taken, abducted, kidnapped or, 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 or something. And um, Carver was retrieved and found and brought back to the Moses Carver farm. But the mother, his mother was Mary, was never found. So we're not sure if she was, you know, so deeper in the South or she was killed, but some, some somewhat of a, of a mystery. And his father, I forgot to mention his father, the story goes his father was another enslaved individual on a neighboring farm and had died in an accident before he was born. So he and his brother Jim lived with the Carvers um, after the Civil War and after emancipation. He stayed here for about 12 years or so. So he was very interested in learning. There was this local school not too far from here, from the farm, about a half a mile or so. Um, but George and Jim couldn't go because they were Black. And so we found out or knew about in Neosho. Uh, Neosho was about eight, eight, 10 miles from here. There was a larger Black population. So there was school in Neosho. And so around 12, some say he was a little younger. I think he was about 12 or so that he decided to leave the Carver Farm to pursue an education, which I think is very brave of a kid at that time period to leave on his own. He didn't have anything and just to wander off into Neosho. And while he was in Neosho, he met a, a couple of um, Andrew and Mariah Watkins who lived next door to the school and they took him in for about a year or so. And Mariah and Andrew were very special to Carver as well. They were probably the first, uh, they were a black couple um, that George met and um, he stayed with them for about a, about a year or so. So, but he was in Missouri, I would say for probably maybe about 14, 14 years or so. And then he moved on and went to um, Fort Scott, Kansas. Then from Fort Scott, he drifted for several years throughout Kansas um, in the late 18, the 1890s, 1889 or so, he ended up in Iowa where he went to Iowa, what is now Iowa State University and graduated with two degrees in agriculture. And then 1896 went to Tuskegee and stayed there for the rest of his life. Wow, that's fascinating. That's absolutely fascinating. I, I guess I'd forgotten about the Iowa part of his life at Iowa State. That's that's really very interesting. How did what is now, you know, George Washington Carver National Monument, you know, we can think of the history of various national parks and historic sites and how they're created. How did this national monument come into existence? Well, you know, it's a it's a very, very neat story, very interesting story. You know, our little park, George Washington Carver National Monument. You know, as a unit of the National Park Service, and we are the first National Park Service site dedicated to an African American in 1943. And that's amazing. Think about it. 1943, you know, we're in the middle of World War II. Race relations aren't that great in this country. And Congress established this monument right after Carver died. Carver died in January of um, January 5th, 1943, 80 years ago. By July, the National Monument was established. And quite honestly, it's a very neat story. It was really local people in this area, local people in this area who started kind of a grassroots organization for the establishment of the monument. And they just kept going and going. They just kept writing to well-known individuals, famous people um, at that time period to write letters to their Congress persons to for the establishment of the park. And so that's really how the park got established. In thinking about all that time since since the 1940s and its establishment, how has the park grown and, and what kind of activities are 
kind of offered on a yearly basis for, for visitors? That's a good question, Sean. The park was established in 43, but didn't open until 1953. There was, there had to, there was a lot of negotiations for the land, the purchase of the land. And so the park opened in 1953. Um, when it first opened, there was a stone house that was on the property that stood for the visitor center. The first visitor center at the park opened in, nine, well, was built in 1960, which was 3,000 square feet. Today, we have a visitor center over, over 15,000 square feet. And we have um, a lot of interactive exhibits now. Um, we get an average, uh, our visitation varies from 30 to 40,000 visitors per year. Um, so we get a lot of visitors and you kind of think, well, you know, a lot of times our visitors that we get here, they're on the interstate, they see the brown sign. They're like, George Washington Carver National Monument. Hey, I thought he was in, you know, in, in, in Alabama or in the South. And then they're amazed when they come to the park and learn about so many things about George Washington Carver. We have a lot of events. We have an annual event called Carver Day, which celebrates the establishment of the park that's coming up in July. And it's the 80th anniversary. Um, we have a lot of other events throughout the year. In a couple of weeks, we're having Art in the Park. And um, we have an Art in the Park event because of George Washington Carver's love of art. So we'll have artists that are set up at the park and we have a lot of kid activities and things like that. And we also get a lot of school groups in this area. Uh, we're very fortunate that a lot of the schools in this in the four state area bring their kids here. And, and, and we could average sometimes before the pandemic up to 8,000 kids a year that would come here on field trips, which is a great field trip to learn about this amazing, amazing man. In looking at Carver's life and, and certainly the legacy of the National Monument, as a, as a park ranger, as someone who meets with the with with students and with kids and and with the general public, what's a piece of history or information about Carver that most people might not be familiar with that you kind of have in your back pocket as a good story to share about it? Well, that there's so many. Um, one is that um, we kind of talked about it, you know, previously about the Missouri connection. You know, mo a lot of the visitors that we get here, if they're not from this immediate area and having come on a field trip or just being in locals, a lot of people aren't aware that he's that he was born in Missouri. You know, they think of Carver, they think of the South. So that's one question. Like I was mentioning before, like a lot of our visitors that we get, they, you know, they're driving on the interstate and they see the brown sign and they're like, well, hey, George Washington Carver have to go there. What's George Washington Carver's connection to Missouri? Why is he, why is his monument here? So that's one. Another um, question that we get a lot of times, um, a lot is about the whole thing about peanut butter. Hey, I love peanut butter because George Washington Carver invented peanut butter. I'm like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> I'm sure he made his own version of peanut butter. <laughs> um, but once visitors get here and, and things that they learn about this man, besides his you know, working with, with peanuts, sweet potatoes, and soybeans. They're amazed by um, the things like uh, his other interests, like the art. A lot of visitors aren't aware of his love of art. And what's interesting about that, John, is that here on this property is where he learned art as a little kid. He learned he would go out in the woods and he created his own paints um, and natural dyes and things. And as a little kid, when he was growing up here, um, that's what he wanted to become more than anything, wanted to become an artist. And I mean, he didn't become a professional artist, but before he went to what is now Iowa State University, he went to another school, Simpson College in Indianola, Iowa. And while he was in Indianola, 
um, at Simpson College, he took a bunch of art courses because of his love of art. Now, he didn't become a professional artist, but he painted for the rest of his life. And there's several, we have a couple original paintings in our museum collection out on display for visitors. And there's, you know, there's several that are at Tuskegee as well. So that's one, that's one aspect of his life that our visitors aren't aware of is the art part. And when I mentioned art, he was a, a painter, but he also worked with textiles. He did a lot of like knitting and crochet work and, and things like that as, as a hobby as well. But definitely the art and the art was very, very special and important to him. Well, to kind of conclude here, for those who are listening and are interested to come visit you all down there in, in Diamond, Missouri, what are the park hours? What's the best way they can kind of get in contact with you all? So the park is open every day, seven days a week, nine to five, except for Christmas, Thanksgiving Day and New Year's Day. Uh, nine to five, as I mentioned, and we're a free park. There's no charge. They could check us out on our website. Um, they could just do a search of George Washington Carver National Monument or go to the National Park Service and link to the park website. Uh, we're on, you know, social media. We have a pretty good Facebook page, Twitter. Um, so we're kind of um, all over that kind of that, that platform as well. Excellent. And what day is Carver Day again? Carver Day is um, Saturday, July 8th. It's from um, 10, to, 10 to 3. And again, this is our 80th anniversary or a celebration of the establishment of the park, as well as we celebrate the, the life of George Washington Carver and his accomplishments. So we'll have guest speakers that day. We'll have uh, music groups. Uh, we'll have resource exhibitors that are set up all on the park grounds. It's a really, really fun day. And um, we average between maybe eight to 1,200 visitors for that event. Well, Curtis, thank you so much again for joining me uh, on the podcast today. Hey, thank you for having me in the park. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Our Missouri podcast. If you would like to learn more about the podcast, including past and future episodes, information about guests and upcoming events, please visit our website at shsmo.org forward slash our dash Missouri. <laughs>